Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, here we go. Episode 98 of Serralo Sports Talk with me, Joe Serralo. This is probably going to be my favorite one because it's a new guest to Serralo Sports Talk, but it's a guy I've done, what would you say, upwards of 35, 40 shows with on our Mets Something pod? like that. I don't even know. It's been it's been a few. I know I that. Mean, we, we've done 50 as a pod, but you know, obviously you miss a few. I miss a few here and there. But uh, if, if you listen to the Mets show, if you watch the Mets show, you know who it is. It's the best looking guy on MLB Network, Anthony Recker. What's up, Rec? That's uh, that was a bold statement right there. That was bold. I'll take it. You think Carlos is not going to be mad at me for that one? Uh, he might have something to say about it. He might have yeah, something to say. About probably, it. probably. Saw him in that, you know, down in Florida. He's getting that tan. I don't have that tan right now. You know, I got to get <laughs> yeah, outside. Look a little pasty and... there, Rick. From one pasty guy to another. I mean, I don't get outside enough anymore, especially at the winter time up here. You know, you just don't go outside. This, this is what I used to look like in the winters when I when I didn't play and live in Arizona. Well, you have an excuse. I mean, being in the Northeast right now, I'm in LA, so I don't really have the same excuse that you no. have. But uh, you come know. on, you guys got snow like two weeks ago, dude. Yeah, the Hollywood sign had snow on, it. and then yesterday was sunny and seventy. I'm like, I'm gonna go for a run with my shirt off, maybe sit <laughs> by the pool for a little bit, and uh, and I got pretty burnt. So uh, for being, oh uh, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, that, I don't. That doesn't happen to me. I get that like nice a Sicilian skin. tomato right now. I'll get oh the I'll get like a little bit of like burn or pink, but then like the next day it's just brown. It's just beautiful. Well, rub it in some more. <laughs> I love. It. I always thought if anyone was going to call themselves beautiful on this show, it'd be me. But here we are, like two minutes in. No, yeah, I was talking I, I about definitely... my skin, not me. That's <laughs> I different. definitely get like one or two burns to start the year, and then it's just tan from then on. So yeah. looking very much forward to April and May rolling around and, and just being tan <laughs> in SoCal. But uh, you know, Rick, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this show because obviously we we talk Mets every week, sometimes multiple times a week is because I wanted to kind of talk a little more than just baseball. We're going to get to baseball. Opening day is tomorrow. Thank you. But uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk football with you because we talk about it in the group chat all the time. I know you're a diehard 49ers fan. I want to talk about their quarterback room, but I also want to talk about the biggest news in the NFL pertaining to quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, he's formally asked the Ravens for a trade. They've apparently been shopping him for a while. What do you think about this whole situation going on with Lamar? He's one of the, I would say, six seven best quarterbacks in football and it seems like no one wants them i'm trying to understand what the man did wrong like what's going on off the field that we don't know about or maybe even on the i not no there's nothing on the field nothing on the field going on that we don't know about um it's it's a very interesting situation they have in baltimore they have a guy who's 26 years old former mvp um seems a, a winning quarterback i mean this guy at louisville took a program that was a laughing stock and put them on the map, then goes to Baltimore. And, you know, look, that, that organization has been doing great things under Harbaugh for a long, long time, but kept them going and moving in that trajectory and really elevated them to a point with a quarterback that they had not had in that organization um, in Harbaugh's tenure. And it's, it's amazing to see I mean, I don't, it, it is disrespect, but like the disrespect that's been going around, like, um, and it's not so much, uh, I get it if if you have, a, you know, an offensive profile, a team, an offensive coordinator coach who wouldn't necessarily know how to work with him or make a system that would work with him, right? He's not, it's not a tr- traditional quarterback. You're not right. just going to drop back and throw with Lamar, right? You're going to design runs. You're going to try to design 
different types of, uh, of coverage. I'm sorry, um, protections to try to allow him to move around. And there's going to be a lot that goes into it. But at the same time, like he could fit in pretty much every system at this point. I mean, I don't see a whole lot of, uh, of areas within the NFL where they're not in, you know, allowing the quarterback more ability to be mobile, to get out of the pocket, to do things. Um, and it's not like there's not blueprints out there for guys who can do that. So it's very odd to me that there have been so many owners, GMs, president of operation, whoever it is, saying we're out on Lamar Jackson. I, I I don't understand where that's coming from. All that said, I can understand some of the negativity that might be around him because of the way things have been handled in Baltimore. But I wouldn't necessarily say that's his fault. The, the way I see the NFL and their contracts coming from the baseball world where everything's guaranteed, you know, I shouldn't say everything's guaranteed. I never had a guaranteed deal in my life. So the fact that people think everyone gets guaranteed money is funny. Um, but once you sign that free agent deal, right, those dollars are guaranteed to these baseball players. These NFL guys don't have that. It's, it's I mean, it, it's eat or be eaten. It's, it's kill or be killed. Like, it, it's crazy the way that those contracts in such a violent sport where your career can be ended any way um, the way that those contracts are structured and these guys don't get great guarantees. I mean, they get some, but not much. And, you know, and typically quarterbacks obviously get paid the most. I would, I would expect him to be out there seeking as much guaranteed money as possible. Maybe Baltimore isn't giving him what he thinks he's worth as far as a guarantee is concerned. All that said, I could see people frowning on the way the situation was handled because there are questions about was he healthy enough to play, but not playing this year because of a contract situation. Right, um, especially I don't know the answer to that, right? Like we don't know the answer to that. We take, we try to listen to all the information and, and make our own decision. Um, that said, I, I just, I could see there'd be some neg some negative, you know, feeling about that. I still don't get it. I mean, this guy should have a home. He's one of the top five, 10 quarterbacks in the league easily. And he can win you football games and win you a Super Bowl. And that's how I see it. Yeah. So you look at this list of teams that are currently the odds on favorites to, to land Lamar. You've got the Colts plus 250. And I think, you know, Ursay, if there is any sort of, I don't, I don't want to throw that C word out there, but any sort of collusion going on, I think Ursay mm -hmm. might be the one owner who's just a, a loose of enough cannon to go out there and say, screw it. If this makes my team better, I'm going to do it. Uh, so you've got the Colts as the favorites, Falcons plus 300. They're the, the second favorites, but Arthur Blank just came out yesterday and said Desmond Ritter's his guy. I really like Desmond Ritter. I love how, you know, you mentioned Lamar putting Louisville on the map. Desmond Ritter put Cincinnati on the map. Yep. There's no comparison there. No. I mean, that's that's just like, and that division is the weakest in football. If, yep. if the Falcons land Lamar with Drake London, with Kyle Pitts, with Cordero Patterson, correct me if I'm wrong, are, sh shouldn't they be the favorites in the NFC South if they land Lamar? Yeah. I mean, who would unseat them? The Saints the are Saints not going in the right direction, right? Derek we know Carr, that. Good defense. Not, I, I don't care. It's they're not going in the right direction. Like they're the way that they've been up against the cap and over the cap the last many years and the the cap casualties that they had. They haven't drafted great, you know, since Kamara probably. I don't, I don't see them as a serious threat. The Bucks are going to be in qb hail again for a while yeah, who knows what Baker, they're doing so they'll be like seven eight, i don't yeah no they're they're <laughs> guaranteed to lose games 
Um, what the the Panthers? Uh, we we don't know what they're doing yet as far as the the first pick, and they have a lot of picks, and great they've coach. got some talent, but Frank they've also Wright, lost. Coach. Yeah, yes, but they've also lost a lot of talent in the last couple of years. Um, you know, through trades, through kind of stripping things back down. Um, to my Niners, one of them, you know, Christian <laughs> McCaffrey. But yeah, there's there's no alpha dog in that division, and you would think the Falcons seem to be almost more on the ascent. You think it would be if they go get that quarterback, like it would be, yeah, it's your time. Go get it. Go get it done and, and take the division for this year um, and for years to come, especially with some of the talent that they have around and um, the way that they have drafted. Like they have a they have a at least they're starting to build a solid offensive line. That defense was much improved last year. Like they have been awful for years and years and years and they still weren't great, but they were better. Like you could see some of the things that some of the pieces starting to come together. And I think that's what would make sense to me. Um, but there's so many, there's so many teams right now that could use um, a legitimate starting top five starting quarterback. I mean, who wouldn't as a Niners fan, like if you said right. throw Lamar Jackson in there, the way that they move pieces around and the, the versatility that they already have with a guy like that, good luck stopping them. Right. Can you imagine? I mean, like, a do I want them to give up the capital for him? No, but like, I like if they ha- if they got him, I wouldn't be upset about it. You'd you'd give up Trey Lance as part of that package in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Uh, I mean, yeah, for an unknown commodity who hasn't been able to stay healthy and hasn't played in four years, yeah, absolutely, right. And, and a guy who's played what, like, what did he play? Fifteen games in college? Did he, did he start one yeah. year at North Dakota State? I, I mean, one year in one game. I think he played one game in the twenty. 20- 20 season or something right like i'm not i'm not all in on trey lance i really never have been i thought justin Fields should have been the pick for san fran after they traded up which i know you didn't really love that trade up shouldn't trade could you imagine a formation in the backfield with lamar mccaffrey and debo just like back there like just silly who's gonna touch the ball what's gonna happen is it a pass it is a like you don't even know who's gonna throw the ball like the with with the way shanahan is with mccaffrey and they could do anything i mean you've got the tight end you've got the the other wide receiver in Ayuk, you could line Debo up anywhere. It would be crazy. All I'm saying is Lamar Jackson could fit in almost every offense, and you would say it would be an upgrade. Like Mahomes would be an exception, obviously. Josh Allen would be an exception, obviously. Uh, Joe Burrow. I, I love me some Joe Burrow. Um, Who would you say? Oh, no, I said Cincinnati. I, they're yeah, all uh, Joe, sorry, yeah. Joe yeah. Burrow. Like, But that list runs short really fast, right? Like. There's not many others. I, I love what Jalen Hurts did last year, obviously. Um, but it, it's a very small list. And so outside of that, any other team just completely throwing themselves out of it, I don't get it. Um, why would the why would the Rams with Sean McVay and everything that they've like that team is we saw what happened to them last year, right? Stafford goes down. Right. And of course, uh, you know, what's his name? Um, wide receiver. I can't think of his name right Cooper now. Even though he was my, huh? Didn't you have, I was going to say Cooper cup. He was your fantasy. Yeah, guy. Cup. Yeah. yeah. He's my fantasy guy. Hey, he's, he's, we won me the league two years ago and I won the league uh, or I'm sorry. I finished second two years ago and I won this year, even in spite of the injury. Anyway, I'm just bragging about my fantasy prowess. Um, even the Rams, like, I mean, could you imagine that team like with Sean McVay and this, you want to talk about offensive minds, like he goes hand in hand right there with Shanahan. I mean, what he's capable of doing and the pieces they've got around if, you know, if they had this, uh, the same kind of defense, obviously they traded away Ramsey, but like, 
you you could see so many teams throughout the league that it would make a lot of sense for them to go get Lamar Jackson and they're not doing it. And that's baffling to me. Yeah. Uh, that, that's why that word collusion pops up in my head. So yeah. when you, when you look at your Niners, you know, I've made it clear. I'm kind of out on Trey Lance, Brock Purdy. We'll know more in three months, but he could be out another six to eight months, depending on the update we get when June or July rolls around. Mm-hmm. So if Purdy's out to start the year, you're dealing with Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. Darnold showed some really good flashes to end the year in Carolina. Shanahan's liked him for a while. You're smirking. Who who do you think you'd rather see in Purdy's absence week one, Trey Lance or Sammy D? I'd rather see um, Trey Lance. And it's not, this actually is not a knock against Sam Darnold. I really liked him coming out of college, um, coming out of USC. When, when he beat Penn State in that Rose, I'm a Penn State fan. When he, he beat did. Penn State in that Rose Bowl game, he made some throws um, downfield, middle of the field, which is where Penn State, the zone scheme they were playing, that just it was just killing me, but made some brilliant throws in that game. And you could really see kind of the type of guy that NFL scouts thought he was and would be. Obviously, he played one more year, didn't go quite as well as that his, you know, his previous year had gone in college, and then you know, goes on and gets drafted. And we know the story from there. Um a guy who has ability and could certainly thrive in a Shanahan scheme, right? Uh, I would love to see it happen. I'm just, I get nervous about guys who have come into the league and have gotten hit as many times as he has and have had as much failure as he has, just because I tend to think that that those experiences don't go away, right? Like you're not suddenly going to drop back and have a ton of confidence. It's just not going to happen. That's not to say that he couldn't. I would just rather see what Trey Lance could potentially do because this guy is dynamic, huge arm, can run, big, strong, physical guy, obviously got hurt last year, kind of, you know, it was a foot thing. So hopefully that heals. You never know how that's going to go. I think that was the point in the Niners bringing someone like Darnold in. Um, Purdy, as far as his injury, at least last I heard, I I read a little bit yesterday, Lynch was talking, um, basically said that because of the surgery that he had, Really good chance. Uh, it was March 10 or 11, I think, was the date of the surgery. Um, they put it as a six-month time frame um, because they put that brace in there in the elbow. It's not a, it's not like a full reconstruction, and it's not. It's certainly not Tommy John. Um, so they put that brace in there. They tie it up. Then they they take the brace out, and then um, basically he can start throwing, and and they expect him to start throwing in camp. So in July they expect him to be throwing football. And getting the arm in shape, getting ready to go, it's just not necessarily full go, contact, everything else until that six-month time frame. Um, But Lynch, I mean, even said, like, you know, there's a possibility it could be before that. So if you put it around September 10, September 11, that's pretty much first week of the season. Yeah. Um, And if you're, if, if the GM's already talking about positive thoughts and potentially, you know, being there in camp and, and breaking the season, I'm going to hope that that happens with what he showed. I mean, why would you not? But outside of that, if he's not there, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the upside and the ability. And when they traded up to three, I thought Lance was the pick. I really did. Like they traded up to three. I said, okay, you're there. Just take Lance now. Cause this is your home run ball. This is the guy who can get you to the top. I mean, if, if everything comes together, obviously it was going to take time. They knew that the first year, you know, Jimmy wrote it out. They played well. And then this year came and he got hurt. Um, you know, Trey ends up getting hurt. I think that 
there's still enough there. It just, it's scary because the guy hasn't played at all. I mean, he played that 20, was it 2019 season? Was the last time he played a full season of football? That's yeah. crazy. North Dakota State. That's a it, long... it might be like his only full season in the last four or five years. Which yeah, that's since the high concerning school. part. 100%. But I, I think I take solace in the fact that he's had nothing but success in his career. Um, and the fact that he still has all those tools and he has someone like Shanahan, if Shanahan puts him in that situation, like the Niners, the one thing that they've showed under Shanahan and Lynch is that they are not afraid to make the tough decision and they'll make it like that. Yeah. So if they honestly didn't believe Lance was the guy, they would just say, move aside. And if Purdy's healthy, Lynch even said yesterday, this guy right now is QB one in our clubhouse. Like, so for them to take Mr. Irrelevant and and literally, I know he had an unbelievable second half, but most teams would be like, ah, it's still a competition. We're going to see right. what happens with their former, we traded thir- three first round picks, first round pick, right? Like that's, they're not saying that. They're just like, yeah, Purdy's number one in the clubhouse right now. He's earned it. That's the kind of stuff that this front office and coaching staff have done. They've been super honest and super straightforward. And I love that. And I think that's what helps them going forward. So if they trusted Lance, to put him in there started this season, this past season, and they tr- would trust him, you know, in the case that Purdy's still not ready to start him next year, I would have all the confidence in the world that at least they would have a plan to win football games with him. I'll throw aside week one against Chicago this year because that was in like a torrential downpour. It was week one. There is no preseason anymore. We know money that. on strippers after that loss to the Bears. It was, uh, it was a great look for Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> Went with the Paul Pierce Instagram live. It was, it was okay. a really good move for a kid uh, who's what 20, 22 years old and hasn't played a full <laughs> yeah, season. Exactly. For you. Exactly. Great move. Yeah. Great move. But um, but yeah, no, I uh I I think if they if they trusted him, I would I would have all the faith in the world. And but I, I do like this the Darnold signing. Honestly, I really do. It gives them some insurance and a guy who can potentially make good decisions and good throws. It's just gonna be a matter of building some of that confidence back up that you know he's lost over the last I don't know what, five, six years. It's tough. It's, it's, you know, unfortunately it's the Jets effect. It feels like every quarterback who goes there just, you know, sees their. their I was reading an article today. I was reading an article today and the Jets are the only team in football that have not made the playoffs in the last 10 years. Yeah. They they had one they should have. They went 10 and six with Fitzpatrick. And if you win 10 games in the NFL, you should not miss the playoffs. Should, should, Um, but didn't. No, no, there's a tiebreaker in there. Yeah. And what was what I thought was almost comical was that they had this article, I think it was the athletic, like had all of the teams and they're kind of like, they graded them based on performance, basically winning Super Bowls, getting to the playoffs, getting to AFC championship games. And they had them on like a graded scale where they earn points for everything that they've done. Obviously some of these teams haven't been around since the beginning. They did it in the Super Bowl era. Right. Uh, not all these teams have been around for 57 years. The Jets were still insanely low, like on this totem pole. At the Lions were incredibly bad. Like they've just been so bad for so long. The Jets and Lions were like the two teams that have been around since the start and are still at the very, I mean, they're with the the Houston Texans who have, you know, they have a little bit of history, but they're not enough. Yeah, I mean, the Jacksonville the Jaguars. Jaguars to, like, uh, yeah, like the Jaguars, I think they've drafted first overall five of the last 10 drafts, but they've also yeah. been to a conference championship. So. Exactly. Exactly. It's Wild. it's crazy. Like, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, we, we talk Mets, and I know a lot of Mets fans are Jets fans. I can't imagine being a Jets fan because they have had nothing to be positive about over the last 10, 15 years. I mean, even when Rex Ryan was here, like, 
those teams got to the playoffs, but like you knew they weren't going to win in the playoffs. They were, they didn't have the they had offensive the conference championship but, games. Yeah. But yeah. They yeah. were a little lacking in quarterback department. And 100%. Not. Great defenses, though. Hey, Rick, I do want to preview the baseball season because opening day is less than 24 hours Why not? away. Uh, but before we do that, the final four is this weekend. And I know that you're, you know, getting into the betting space a little bit here on us. So do you have a final four best bet? I mean, I'm not going to say I have a best bet. Um, I will say that when I look at the teams remaining, I, I think it's obvious that UConn is the best team on paper. Yeah. Um, I really like San Diego State. Like everything, <laughs> I mean, coming into the year, right? Like this was a team that was outside of the, you know, they're not a power five conference, but they were, I think, top 15, top 20 coming in preseason and they had a lot of expectations and they started really slow, but they've come on down the stretch end of the season. And obviously they've been playing very well in the tournament. And I I just, they have a lot of experience. They got a lot of guys who, you know, have done very well at the collegiate level. And I I just think they, they have that kind of ability with the inside outside game. They got, um, I can't remember the big man's name. They got a really good big man. They got great point guard play. They, They have all of like the little, idiosyncrasies that come into play this time of year march madness that end up winning and showing up at tourney time it has and i think that that could carry them i i'm they're my kind of sneaky bet i I love yukon i think that they're obvious they're they're the um you know the favorite for a reason at least at this point but i really like that san diego state team well san diego state they're only depending on the book a point and a half to two point favorites so if if you like them to win you probably like them to cover that number to win by a basket I like the under in that game. Under 132, them, Florida Atlantic. Look, we know San Diego State. They play the most stifling defense in the country. And FAU kind of adjusts and adapts depending on their opponent. They can win a game 60 to 57. They can win a game 110 to 90. Um, So given that San Diego State, regardless of the outcome, will probably dictate the play, I'm I'm just going to go with the under. I can't root against either of those teams. I'll be thrilled for either team, either coach, you know, either program. And then, yeah, UConn, they were juggernaut. But Jim Larinaga, I know you're an ACC guy. You're a Duke yeah, fan. Yeah, This Miami team is something. They don't have any quit in them. I, I, I guess th- there's a bitter part of me that's like, how did Duke <laughs> – I mean, look, that game against Tennessee was tough. But if they, if they get past Tennessee, like the road that they had to the, to the Final Four became very simple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Duke would have matched up with Kansas State. Kansas no. State plays a really fast-paced style. I don't know if Duke could have kept up. I, I think I think Tennessee was able to bring a physicality to the game that Duke couldn't quite match. But with Duke's length and size and their their athletic ability, I think they match up well with, or did match up well with just about any team in the tournament. The way that they dominated down the stretch of the season that ACCG tournament and that Miami team who is also a pretty big athletic team a a very capable high scoring type team I think they had everything in place because they're a defense they were defensive first team this year Duke was I think they had everything they needed in place to make that run um Kansas State look obviously made a great run and they the the point guard play they have just goes right in line with everything we've talked about that usually works in in March um but it gets me so mad and then i think about the fact that they beat miami in the acc tournament and miami's in the final four 
I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly can't root for him. That's for sure. And the fact that if Duke had beaten Tennessee, you could have gone to Madison Square Garden. I know. <laughs> I know. I just had to add that in there. Drives right. me nuts, man. Before <sighs> we wrap it up, man, we got to talk baseball. Obviously, yes. you know, we've got our show that's recording tonight, opening day episode with Wardy for our Mets pod. Uh, so I, I won't make this too Mets-centric, but going into the season, I want to get some win total over-unders, some teams you're looking out for. But Do what's it. Your favorite Throw them at me. Going into the year. Okay. Um, favorite storyline. To me, it's I, I really like the young teams, the Baltimores, the Seattles, the, the upstarts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even, even Texas, even though they're going about it a different way, like I want to see teams that haven't won in a long time win. I want to see everybody competing. The one thing I love is that if you look in the NL, there's only like three or four teams that I would say are out of it right now. There's Ooh. probably 11, I would say, have, an, have a chance to make the playoffs, right? Like how, how many years have we gone now where you couldn't say that? It's been a long time since you could say that that many teams have a real shot at making the playoffs. Yes, they expanded the playoff field, but right. realistically, like, I could see a scenario where the Giants win enough games to get in. Like, I could see that happening. The Diamondbacks have a young, like, up-and-coming nucleus of really good players, really good talent. But they, I mean, I, I just love where, like, a lot of these teams are at, and they have a chance to do some things that we haven't seen before. Then you look at the AL. The AL East is incredible. Um, I think Boston is going to be a lot worse than people think. That starting pitching is just a huge issue to me. Um, there's going to have to be a team who isn't good in that division, and it's going to be them because nobody else is going to be bad, right? Like the Rays are going to be, to me, a 500 team. I don't think they're a playoff team. The Orioles are on the on the rise. They still need some pitching. They still need some help. But the way they played last year with the confidence that's growing in that clubhouse and the honestly, the, the talent that they're going to have, I think they're on the rise. The Jays look really, really good. I, I love that team right now. I, they're my favorite in the AL East. And then the Yankees, of course, should win games. Like they're not going to be a, a bad team. So the AL East is going to be incredible. The AL Central, like, I don't even want to watch it. Cleveland, good for you. Take it, run with it. Chicago, if you could please try to show up this year, that'd be fantastic. Um, I don't know what happened last year, but the AL West actually should be a lot of fun. Like I said, Texas and Seattle, that's fun. Like those are two teams that should be good. Anaheim, like they've made a lot of additions. I like that pitching staff. And then you've got Houston. Like, all of a sudden, the AL West should be good. Oakland is awful. They're going to be so bad. But it's there's a lot of good competition out there in, in baseball right now. Uh, like Again, like I said, I'm just really excited about some of these young up-and-coming teams. I think that's where my my biggest, like, focus is going to be for this year, watching Baltimore, watching Seattle. Um, even, like, it's going to be fun to see what San Diego does. Like, are they actually going to live up to this? Is that starting rotation going to hold up? Because they've got some age, much like the Mets do. They've also got guys who haven't started much in years. Nick Martinez, a little bit last year. Seth Lugo hasn't started for a long time. Like So they've got some question marks, but they have star power. There's just a lot going on right now. But I think baseball is in the best place it's been in years. And that's fun for me. I agree. I agree. And I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a year where they get a lot of new viewership, you know, with the rule changes and now that the games are going to be a bit shorter. And I think when you mix the star power that the game currently has, with the added viewers, I, I think it is going to be a really good year for the sport. I want to rattle off six over-under win totals your way. Let's do it. And get your opinion on these six. Some of these teams you just mentioned, I'll start with my favorite. Mariners, over 86 and a half. Am I right? Over. 100% right. over. Yeah. I, that staff, that pitching staff is so good. Thank you. So good. 
Dude, George Kirby was playing his best ball September, October. Yep. You get a full year of him. Last year, he spent some time in the minors. A full year of Luis Castillo. No one's talking about how that's going to impact them. They won 90 games a year ago. I don't see how 86 and a half is the number. I thought it should yeah. be like 91 and a half. Gilbert, Robbie Ray, like this guy's a former Cy Young winner. That bullpen, if, yeah. if Munoz keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be their closer. That dude's disgusting. Um, and that lineup, I love. I your, love your that Paul lineup Siebel, and what right? they've done. What's that? Your buddy Paul Siebel. Weren't you guys teammates with the Mets? No, no, we were never teammates. Oh, you never nope. overlapped? He came, I think he came the year after me. I think okay, he came so in 16. So you're not friends? Um, no, I wouldn't say we are. Okay, no. good, good. Because I couldn't stand him. I was just, I just assumed <laughs> you guys were teammates. I could not stand Paul Seawold. He's the only guy in the Mariners I can't root for. Uh, so yeah, over 86 and a half. Orioles, 76 and a half. I'm hammering that over. I think that they have a over. winning record. 100% over. The The one thing I'll say is I don't think their starting rotation looks very good. But I, I said that last yeah. year and they ended up, they weren't great, but they ended up finding ways to get it done. The bullpen rounded out nicely for them last year if they can get some of the same performances. But that their position players, that offense, they're going to be better than they were last year. Yeah. Much better. Um, the talent that they have, Adley Rutschman, the second half of the year was not only the like the best catcher in the game, he was one of the best hitters in the game. Period. Go look at the numbers. I get a nine, nine, 90 OPS, something crazy. This guy is he's a superstar. Um, Gunnar Henderson, like they've got a lot coming. Grayson Rodriguez, if, if he stays healthy and can be in that rotation every fifth day or even sixth day, whatever they decide to do, um, I think they have a chance to win almost 90 games. Yeah, I agree. I think that they'll be closer to 90 than, than 70. So that's 76 yeah. and a half number. I'm over. Uh, Phillies, 88 and a half. This one hurts, but I love the over. Yeah, this one, this one's tough. Um, I love the over two. I really do. I think they have all the potential to win a boatload of games. I will say that with this Philly team, the depth, I'm not sure is there to sustain a great record throughout the course of a regular season, which is what we saw last year, right? Like this team, we know if everybody's healthy can compete with any team in major league baseball right now. Like when Harper comes back, uh, obviously they lost Hoskins for the year. Um, but with Trey Turner in that lineup, uh, with everybody, every other weapon that they already had um, with the starting staff, like adding Taiwan Walker was great. Um, I, I like where they're at. I, I, this is a tough one for me. I, I think they'll win 94 games, but I, that's, that's a tough over because one injury to a Zach Wheeler or an Aaron Nola. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden that 88 and a half is looking really tough to get to. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's definitely the case, but the way I look at it is that they won 87 a year ago. And yep. they stunk against their own division. Now you've yep. got 24 fewer games against the NL East. So I think that they really take advantage of playing the AL Central, the, you know, the yep. AL West, playing some of these other teams. Uh, Arizona, 74 and a half. Love the over. I think that they could play 500 ball. I like the over on that. Absolutely. I think this, the, the coaching staff there and the job that front office does doesn't get enough credit. And with the talent that they're going to have this year, because they're going to have more talent than they've had in, in a long time with a lot of these young guys coming up. Um, Corbin Carroll is like, this dude could be one of the best baseball players in all of baseball this year. And, and I mean, I, you know, people know the name by now because people have said it enough, but this dude's legit. Um, they have the pitching, they have like really good role play guys like Christian Walker, who, 
you know, by all accounts, if you look at the traditional stat line, you're, you're, you're underwhelmed, but the dude plays gold glove defense. He provides power, puts together great ABs as almost, I think a 400 on base percentage, even though he hits 200, it's crazy. Um, like, and I played with this, a lot of these guys I played with, cause I, that was my last year at 18 with Arizona. So I really like them. I, and, and I love uh, Lavulo. I think he is just an awesome, awesome manager. I think they have a really good shot at winning. I would say, I would say they're a 500 team in my opinion. And I like their odds of winning 85 games. All right. It's making me feel good. My four overs you're on board with. I've got two unders now. Mm-hmm. The number's 82 and a half. And the teams are the Angels and the Rangers, both under 82 and a half. What do you think? I'm kind of bullish on both these teams. Really? Um, yeah, I am. I am. I, you know, I, I don't know if it's more just the optimist in me and wanting to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout in the playoffs. Right. Um, well, Otani, I think in the playoffs with the Mets, cause we're going to trade for him in July. No, no, you're not going to trade. You better not trade for him. You better wait until next off season. So you don't have to get rid of that, all those prospects, but cause he's going to be a free agent regardless. Right. Um, the way I see it, I don't think Houston is as good as people think. I think they are much closer to the Phillies right now in the sense that they're an injury or two away from having some problems. They're not as deep as they've been. That minor league system is empty. Um, I do like Hunter Brown a lot. I do like the fact that I, I do like their starting rotation. I do like their bullpen. I do like their starting lineup. But if one or two key, key pieces go down, they're going to have issues. And that's where I think, um, I don't see that that team winning. I think their over under is like ninety seven or I see that coming and down. A half. I'm on the under. I, I see them coming down much closer to ninety. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, that gives teams like the Angels, the Rangers. I, I know it's not as many division games, but it just gives teams like they're going to win a few more games against the Astros. They're going to win a lot more games against the AL Central, the NL Central. Like right. they're going to play these terrible divisions. I think I think there's a lot of room for the Angels and Rangers to get better. I actually really like um, that Rangers team. I think the rotation isn't going to be like vastly improved. Um, obviously, Degrom. I, I think he'll stay healthy. I like. I'm a big Degrom fan. I played with him. Um, I think he'll still stay healthy. I think he'll do really well. Um, I, I but I really like their offensive profile. Some of the young guys they've got: Josh Jung, um, Nathaniel Lowe, like. Um, I, I just, I, Adonis Garcia, like, I, I think they have enough pieces offensively to offset some of that. Cause they're going to at least be better and they have better coaching and everything else in place. Chris Young, the GM's doing a great job over there. I think that team makes a big jump and is probably in that 85 to 88 win range, or at least has a really good shot at it. Okay. All right. little disagreement there. Rec, I know you got to bounce and zoom's going to kick us off in 60 seconds. So in less than 60 seconds, give me your one big Mets take for the year. Big Mets take. Okay. Um, gosh. Okay. So I'm going to go with this offense because they didn't do anything in the offseason really to get better. Uh-huh. I've got, by the end of the season, Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, and Ronnie Mauricio are all somehow very heavily in this lineup and probably everyday players, Ronnie Mauricio in the outfield, Brett Beatty at third base and Francisco Alvarez, DH catcher. I think those three guys are what's going to propel them to make a much deeper run in October. They will have to go out and get a better closer now that Edwin is down for the year.
Yeah, but, that, that's going to be the July 31st target for sure. I love that prediction. Yeah. I'm going to say Max Scherzer stays healthy enough to win the NL Cy Young because there is no one more competitive than Scherzer. And I think bringing Verlander in is going to get the best out of Max. I love him. You think they'll the let box. him? Do you think they'll let him? I think if he starts 27 games and his lights out, yeah. Don't forget last year, he had the best DRA of his career, just didn't have enough innings to qualify. He does something like that again. I think his strikeout numbers with the pitch clock are going to be through the roof. I'm all in on all right. Max. All right. All right, Rec, I'll see you in a few hours. Yes, sir. That does it. Episode 98 of Serralo Sports Talk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.